Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? I'm I'm all right, thank you, Steve. It's very hot in the shed this evening. Uh, obviously, the weather's turned here in the UK, and so we've been enjoying glorious sunshine all week, which I've very much enjoyed, apart from when it comes to... Um, Recording the show, but I guess, you know, that gives us, uh, harks back to the days of being in a resonance studio, which also used to get hot, didn't it? Mm, were your headphones a bit sweaty when you exactly. put them Exactly. Louis Schaefer's ear sweats. <laughs> yeah, I, what, what he does so that I can maintain uh, the illusion is that he bottles up his ear sweat and sends it to me. That is so kind. I know. I know. He's, he's a good man. Is that COVID safe? Yeah, but I'd like to. We've been bubbling with him for years, haven't we? <laughs> I suppose it's absolutely as safe as whatever's on your shed's roof that goes on your yeah. head every time you goes you, into uh, my pass tea. through the entrance. How mm. are you? I'm okay. Um, I'm 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 pretty good. I've had a nice week. Or, um, you know, for listeners to the radio show, had a nice two weeks because we did not broadcast an episode last week on Resonance FM, did we? We didn't. We recorded one, and we were all, you know, I was, I, I, I mentioned in a in an episode a few weeks ago when we spoke to Dominic Diamond about how I used to rush home to watch myself on Channel Four on Games Master back in the nineties, and of course, you know, I continue that tradition. So every Monday, I gather round the family, we huddle round the wireless to listen to me on Resonance FM. I wasn't there last Monday. You were not. They played out a repeat, but we did record an episode. Uh, we battled our bank holiday schedules to record an episode of that. <laughs> Unfortunately, because Resonance were off on bank holiday, yeah. there was no one to actually broadcast it. So um, that show may go out on Resonance in future, uh, maybe in one of the the uh, the vacant slots when we don't have an opportunity to record a show. But if you want to hear it now, it's already on the podcast feed. So uh, go to www.onelifeleft.com 
uh, download it from there. Hear what we got up to last week. There's an irony, of course, isn't there, in that uh, we responded to some listener feedback last week where we dated mm. the show. <laughs> we did. It's the only time we've done it. And then obviously <laughs> that's just going to highlight the fact when it does go out, if it goes out on Resonance, it will highlight that it has that it is dated. Uh, that and all of the already dated news that we were well, using. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dated reviews and dated letters as well. Um, should we do something to date this week's show? I don't know. Do we think it's going out? <laughs> I'm sure it will be. I guess we have to do that at the start of the news section, which I suppose begins now. June or Monday the 7th of June if you're one of those sort of people or it's not well, it could be anything could honestly be anything. now Simon I did a bit of research before the uh, show started this week Okay. and honestly it seems like it's one of those weeks what's the best you've got oh, alright uh, the best I have got let me open the window the best I've got is a little story about Sonic creator Yuji Naka have you got that one? House! Where did, you get, <laughs> where did you get your news from? I got it from VG247. Okay. Let's, well, let's oh, no, have... sorry, 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 sorry. I got it from Eurogamer. Oh, okay. it's, a Wesley, it's a Wesley Yinpool joint. Why don't you crack on with that one then, Steve? Sonic creator Yuji Naka leaves Square Enix after Balan Wonderworld flop may retire, says uh, the headline of this piece by Wesley. Um... In a tweet, Naka said he left Square Enix, Squeenix, at the end of April. Balan Wonderworld, which Naka directed and Square Enix published on multiple platforms in March, flopped at retail. How many copies did it sell, Simon? Well, I have the exact same story in front of me, Steve. <laughs> so I could, uh, I could, I could have scammed you for some cash then, actually. You could, you could, you uh, could. It sold well, according to Eurogamer. I, it sold. I less- thought this. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it sold less than two thousand one hundred copies in its opening week in Japan. That's not true, is it, Steve? It's it not. Didn't, it As didn't sell less. Listeners, than, regular listeners less. to the show will know it did not sell less than twenty one hundred copies. No, it sold fewer <laughs> uh, and failed to make the top forty in the UK physical charts. Mm. Have you heard of this game? Yeah, I've hovered over buying it a few times, but that's the only that's the only real reason I've come across it. Um, yeah, I I didn't actually see any of the reaction to it when it was originally launched. Um, you know, I always felt it that it that it wasn't for me. What anything that I saw about it, but they heavily discounted it recently, and I was like, oh, okay, shall I buy that? And then then I looked into it, and um, yeah, people don't like it. The the um, there's a moral to this story here, isn't there? I hope so. What is it? If you do something that people like. Don't ever do anything again. <laughs> just leave. Just leave it at that. Of course, Poor it's you. not a moral that affects either of us. <laughs> <at the moment. laughs> no, yeah, no. Poor Yuji Naka. I mean, you know, what's I he going to be remembered for? Well, quite a lot, right? Uh, Balan Wonderworld, for one. Um, and then there's, uh, isn't he, uh, Mister Fantasy Star Online as well? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, one of my uh, he's you know he'll be mem- he'll be he'll be remembered for the Edge interview I did with him uh, around the time of Fancy Star Online's launch. Uh, which, you know, seminal piece of video game journalism. And uh, Sonic, obviously. Now, the quote he has in the article uh, here. Um, on his departure from Square Enix, Naka said, I can't talk about the reason now, but I hope I can talk about it when the time comes. Interesting. Ooh. As for future activities, I'm 55 years old, so I may retire. I think the operative word there is may. It sounds to me like he's hankering after just one last job. Don't do it. <laughs> Balan Wonderworld 2. Set up for um, Sega to say, come on, let's put the band back together. What, is Sonic more Freeze Sonic? <laughs> they, are, they are doing a lot of, um, uh, of Sonic this year anyway, aren't they? Is it an anniversary? I mean, it's, it's always, always an anniversary, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah, didn't they announce something last week or so saying loads more Sonic stuff happening? Mm. Um, yeah, maybe that's that's where his threat's coming from. Uh, there were 51 comments on this story, Steve. Um, I read I read zero of them. Well, it's unusual to see such so many comments. Um, and a lot of people were, were just saying, I can't understand how an industry veteran that worked for decades can make such a terrible, ill-thought-out game. This is literally high school project-level game design. And why did anybody greenlight this or didn't cancel this game? Is the is the opinion from the sidelines? Mm. Says yeah. someone who I assume has never made a video game before. Well, exactly. Yeah, um, certainly hasn't uh, made Sonic. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if if you're asking that sort of question, then you've never worked in game development or indeed on any kind of big project because things can go wrong very very quickly, uh, which is something that I'm sure we both know about. Uh, <laughs> even if we can't relate to Naka. On the uh, on the subject of making something that people love, Simon, do you have a second news story? I do, I do, I do, I do. Uh, this is from Video Games Chronicles. Uh, has been written by Andy Robinson uh, today. Get out and enjoy the weather, Andy. This could have waited till <laughs> tomorrow, actually. I think, couldn't it? Let's. I don't know. Let's see. You decide. Um, a series of Cyberpunk 2077 comedy bug montage videos reportedly created by CD Projekt Red have leaked online. The videos, which are claimed to have been created a few months before Cyberpunk's 2077's release in December 2020, look to have leaked via the files stolen from CD Projekt as part of a recent data breach. The videos show various Cyberpunk bugs edited for comedic effect. It's likely the footage was created with the intention of being included as a bonus material for the final game, as CD Projekt did for The Witcher 3, and that it changed its mind following widespread criticism of the console version. A now-deleted tweet from one of the game's producers appeared to confirm the video's legitimacy on Sunday and called it a fun composition of bug materials collected by QA and developers throughout the years of development. Uh, so, yeah, this um, this is unfortunate, isn't it? This is me talking now, Steve, not Andy. <laughs> I guess it's unfortunate given the context uh, that it's being viewed in. As the piece says if cyberpunk had come out as a flawless piece then people would be lolling at this just like they ruffle at the bits in uh, post movie credits 
where people forget their lines. But in the context of, you know, a bug-ridden game, it looks a little... Well, it could be viewed as, the developers having a laugh at our expense. We all paid money for this thing, and they knew it was bugged. Well, of course they knew it was knew it's bugged, and as the person involved with the project points out, you know, these are things that have been collated over the course of the production of the project. It is typical when a bug is found in the game to associate a video file with that bug report so that people can track down that bug and eliminate it. And it makes sense uh, for, you know, economic and content reasons and also for just generally good old-fashioned fun to montage those bugs together and show people, ha-ha, didn't we look a bit silly? But of course, YouTubers have already done that with the release version, so yeah, you can see why it's uh, it's not a good PR move. Whatever happened with that that all that data leak data leak because well they, they are still finding sold, stuff right? aren't they yeah they're still finding stuff out i mean this this video this stuff only came to light uh, recently i haven't but clicked wasn't on wasn't the any... point with the data leak that the the big package was was uh, being sold online in the on the dark web um and people i i don't know if it actually did sell or where this data leak is from because you you know, they did put out some stuff before, but I would have assumed that had already been combed over. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I uh, not not sure. Um, you seem to know an awful lot more about it than I do, Steve, which I find suspicious. <laughs> have you ever been on the dark web? I've never been on the dark web. Have you ever been on the dark web? No. No. Have any it's... of your family members been on the dark web? <laughs> not as far as I know. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is or how to do it. Or, uh, but apparently it's full now of uh, of cyberpunk blooper videos. One of which, uh, Andy says in his uh, editorial, warning: the second video contains not safe for work content. I won't, I won't click on that. But uh, yeah, there are three of them on that news piece. If you want to, if you want to go and check them out, and also look at something racy. Monster Hunter World, uh, a game you are familiar with. Uh, the PC update removes Denuvo. Uh, this is according to Sharif Said on VG247. I include this not because the article itself is interesting. Mind you, I was really struggling this month. Uh, <laughs> but because I didn't know this was something that happened. Now, Denuvo is a uh, piece of security software, DRM, digital rights management, anti-piracy uh, piece of software that plugs into games and stops people stealing it. Um and I was aware that uh, that developers and publishers use this to protect their games, but I wasn't aware that removing it is part of that practice. Um, but I learned that from reading this article, so thank you, Sharif. It says, um, game publishers have been known to take Denuvo out of their games when it stops serving its purpose. Sometimes that happens when the game gets cracked, other times when a sufficiently long period of time has passed since launch. Um, it goes on to list some other games by Capcom that used Denuvo and then were removed. Resident Evil 7, Devil May Cry 5, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, most of them no longer used Denuvo. Monster Hunter World stuck with it a little bit longer by comparison. Is this a practice you're familiar with, Simon? Well, um, I've never launched games big enough to have copy protection in them. But when I have looked into it... Um, oh, sorry. Oh, there was certainly this, sorry, this, this specific level of copy protection, I should say. When I've looked into it... Um, it's ridiculously expensive to work mm-hmm. with those guys. And I think um, the license is 
time-based as opposed to per game. So that's probably what's happening here. Mm, that's what I wondered. So they're paying by the by the month, and at some point that cost-benefit thing tilts the other way. You don't mind lads on the dark web ripping you off because you're paying a lot of money to Denuvo to stop that. Fill your boots, lads. That's what they say when that <laughs> comes off, yeah. What's your um, favourite historical piece of copy protection? Oh, it's got to be uh, the lens lock, hasn't it, on the BBC version of Elite. What was that? Remind me. Sorry, I'm not even saying it was necessarily the BBC one. Uh, it could have been the, Com- the Commodore and Spectrum ones. Um, it was... Um, a small piece of glass that you had to hold up to the screen and decipher um, a code, was it, or a pattern in order to progress past that specific screen itself. Ah, and yeah. it didn't always function correctly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, even if you owned a, le- a legitimately bought copy of the game, sometimes it was uh, you, were, you were unable to play it. Do you remember when Codemasters had that system built in that degraded the game as uh, as the copy protection kicked in? Yes, I think that's what um, CD Projekt Red did when they launched Cyberpunk, didn't they? <laughs> That'll teach us all, won't it? Um, do you have another news story? I can get one for you. Actually, I thought maybe you were going to... Um... I thought this was the one that you were going to go for. Uh, Again, from Video Games Chronicles. Capcom faces a $12 million lawsuit after data leak allegedly shows it stole photos from Resident Evil. On Friday, I have exactly that Uh, news story up on... uh, Where did you get yours from? Video Games Chronicles. Mine's Eurogamer. Well, let's see what details uh, either of them omit. So, do you have the name of the designer? Judy A. Jurasek. Okay, right. So on Friday, designer Judy A. Jurasek filed a lawsuit against a Japanese games company alleging that it used photos from her copyrighted book, Surfaces, which was originally published Wednesday. I missed that because the connection dropped for a second if you asked a question. I did. I was just asking you, when was Surfaces, the book originally published originally published in 1996 it includes a cd-rom of the images which require a license for commercial use uh how many photographs are in the book Eurosec claims capcom used at least 80 photographs uh without a license in over 200 instances that's interesting because uh, i'm trying to do some maths in my head that represents about 6% of the photographs in the book, uh, which includes 1,200 photographs there of textures she took herself. Uh, then there's some pictures of them. Do you have the pictures of them? I do. Uh, it shows, shows, according to the, the image, that Capcom has directly copied image GO79. Shows it is in the, in the Resident of, Evil logo. And it does look a bit... It does look a, it bit. Look a bit like that, doesn't it? I think we have to chuck a few allegedly's around just in case. Mm. Uh, so, how much does she want in damages? Interesting. Um, they're seeking up to $12 million in damages for copyright infringement, as well as 
$2,500 to $25,000 for each used photograph. I would have just asked for uh, 60 times 25 plus 12. That's what I would have done. If you can give me that number. Maths. Uh, Maths fancy. 60 times 25. All right. So that's 100 and... Was, sorry, 80, wasn't it? Uh, 80 images. Eight, so what you do, you charge 25 grand for those. Uh, 80 times 25. Add them to the 12 million and you say, that's what I want. Yeah, I'd do the same. Yeah. Bang. Bosh. Done. done. Maybe except... Um, a little less if they pay within two weeks, like the car parking <laughs> charges. Very good. Well, that's all of my news stories now. Uh, you okay. covered all three. Is that it for you as well? Uh, I do have another news story, but I think we'll talk about that out of the news section. All right. Thanks, Simon. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. As far as we know, one of only a few in the world. We may be the only one. Depends. Some people start doing them and then they stop, which makes us the longest running radio show about video games in the world. You'd think I'd be better at saying that, (laughs) even I do say it quite often. Uh, We are that because of Resonance FM, which is a radio station in London. We are super lucky to broadcast on them. Thank you to them. And we are also a podcast. You can find the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. Please add us to Spotify or Apple Music or whatever other service you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, as I said, you can listen to a bonus episode of One Life Left from last week if you do that right now. Uh, you will find show notes on the website www.onelifeleft.com. Those will include the name of the music pieces that Simon has selected for this week's episode. Any ideas on that yet, Simon? Uh, it depends what we end up running at, Steve. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether it will be short or long, but it will be great. Excellent. Um, I mentioned to you then that there was this other news story which we should probably talk It's too big for just one news story. But of course we're approaching the most wonderful time of the year, aren't we? E3. E3 week. Now, you know, 
in uh, in uh, previous years gone by, we'd be thinking about packing up our clothes, getting our hairs cut, uh, so that we could head out to LA and hang around with the rest of the video games industry. But given you know everything else that's going on, uh, E3 is all digital this year, and um, as it was last year. But they've had a little longer to plan it out, and everybody's getting really excited about all the stuff that's going to happen. Um, now, uh, Eurogamer um, uh, on Friday posted a schedule of all the things that we can look forward to. And I wondered, Steve, we could rattle through them. You tell me if you're interested in them or not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes, go. So on Saturday, it was the Guerrilla Collective Part 1. Did you watch it? I did not watch that, no. That's um, a selection of indies, isn't it? It is, yeah. They spread it over two weeks. Oh, Sorry, wow. over two okay. weekends, I should say. First of which went out on Saturday. Um, I didn't watch it either. I did scroll through uh, to see what was announced, and I can't remember any of it. <laughs> okay, uh, this Wednesday, Steve, can you believe it? I bet you're not already sleeping, are you? It's the Battlefield reveal. I can't wait for that. No, I'm kidding. I, I've never knowingly played a Battlefield game. You mm. have, of course. So are you excited about this? No. Um, Battlefield, I think one of the Battlefields is free on Prime Gaming at the moment. So go and claim it, mm. just add it to your library and then never play it. Right. Followed swiftly after on Thursday, June the 10th by the Summer Game Fest kickoff live. What does that mean? That's uh, Jeff's. Uh, he's, oh. he's, 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 that's the official opening ceremony, isn't it? Where he cuts the digital ribbon and says, and then then says, all these things that are happening as part of Summer Games Fest are now about to happen, despite the fact that two will have already happened beforehand. I don't know. Um, I this, is, uh, this is Jeff Keighley, right? Yes. Well, while we're here, mm-hmm. um, who, who is Jeff Keighley? He's an, he's an old video games journalist, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, so are we. So how did he become him and we become us? I mean, I don't know, but it, yeah, that I mean, that is the real reason why we're not sleeping at the moment, wasn't it? Because he was the, <laughs> he was the one um, that uh, he he it was him in the Doritos picture, wasn't it? Was it? I think it was. This bit not might not make the final show, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but if it does, then it was him. And if it doesn't, then it wasn't. No, exactly. No one will know. <laughs> um, okay. <coughs> so, excuse me. Hmm. Um, uh, so then, it, where were we? Jeff Keeley. Right. He's, he's 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 then saying, "Okay, digital events, you may now begin." Two will already have done. Uh, Friday, it's the Koch Prime Time Conference. Koch Media are doing a Prime Time Conference. Good for them. What can we expect during that? Uh, well, I can tell you that it will be. Uh, it will start at eight o'clock BST on a Friday. That's optimistic, isn't it? Mm, I mean, Fridays. Well, eight o'clock. We'll all be drunk, won't we? Um, yeah, it does. Uh, they'll. I think that they said that they're not showing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Eurogamer expands upon this. Um, for the uninitiated, for the uninitiated, Koch Media is a publisher who mostly releases games under the Deep Silver label and has Saints Row, Dead Island, and Metro as part of its roster. Big games, hasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That said, Deep Silver has said all three of those won't be at the event. <laughs> 
Great. Okay. Right, we're going to roll on. Friday night uh, rolls into Saturday. It's the Guerrilla Collective Part 2 Saturday. Also on Saturday, Ubisoft E3 2021. What can we expect, Steve? More Clancy. Clancy, Assassin's E, Cry E. <laughs> uh, then Sunday. Uh, I probably will be watching this one. The Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase Stream Times. You love a bit of Bethesda, don't I you? Like what you're of, hoping for? Well, I like a bit of Xbox as well. I'm looking for some shadow drop launches into Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing loads of new games. So I'll be... I say I'm going to watch that one live. Let me just see. Okay, well, that's cheeky, isn't it? They've they've gone up against us. Oh, no. Don't they know that we record at 7 o'clock on a... <laughs> Sunday, and they've, they're going to start broadcasting at six. That's so going that's to take all of our audience away from us. I mean, well, I, I did I, I did mention to you I'm on holiday next week. I'm not sure if I'll be able to record the show. Mm. Will you know whether it's due to the fact I won't have any internet in Scarborough? Oh, well, I'll be glued to the goggle box. <laughs> so, sorry, are they going out on the Sunday night when we record the show or, yes. or the Monday when yeah. we broadcast? Right, so maybe if we do record, we can just... Like, I can just commentate on your face, your excited face as things yeah. are dropping into Game Pass. More, more oblivion again. Mm. Um, right, also on Sunday, Square Enix presents 8.15. You see, polite, we've finished recording then. They yeah, know. Very nice. Thank you, Square. They, well, um, so, uh, the showcase will feature updates on Babylon's Fall. That's the first time I've heard of that. How can they update us on something I've never heard of? Um, the Black Panther expansion for Marvel's Avengers. And Life is Strange True Colours. That's what you can expect from that. Sounds good. No uh, updates on uh, Yuji Naka's employment status. <laughs> exactly. So also on Sunday's really busy. The PC gaming show. Uh, the future game show. Uh, also on Sunday. Um yeah, and all of these are after we've recorded. So even if we do get together, Steve, we're going to be horrendously out of date come Monday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, then it is a Nintendo Direct on Tuesday, June the 15th. So that'll be good, won't it? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I am excited about that always because you never know with Nintendo, do you? Uh, there's usually some kind of surprise, something from left field. Maybe... This will be finally announcing one of the things that we've announced on the show for uh, the last... Can you keep announcing? We're in a perpetual state of announcement with Nintendo. We've been announcing Um, the Switch Pro for about two months. I was just going to say there, they've said that it's software only. So unless the Switch Pro is downloadable, um, (laughs) I think we should back away from that speculation. Well, we haven't announced that either, so... um, Uh, And then... um, so that's on Tuesday, June the 15th. Next up is EA Play. On Thursday, July the 22nd. That's quite a gap, isn't it? So maybe they were worried. Gap. They were worried about everybody being excited about Nintendo. And they wanted us all to calm down. Well, um, so yeah, uh, we've just exposed some of the challenges of being a pre-recorded weekly radio show. But, Steve... One news story that I did see, uh, which was written on Friday on Eurogamer by Wesley and Paul again. He spoiled the 2K press conference. Stop it. How? He spoiled it by telling us what's going to be in it. (gasps) I mean, 
he was insufferable um, before the uh, the final episode of Line of Duty. He was just spoil- <laughs> He he wasn't. But it's interesting. Whereas whereas uh, it's okay to spoil this anyway. So let me tell you what mm-hmm. will have happened or what will happen in Two K's press conference, so that okay. we're not behind the news. Okay, as you'd expect, NBA Two K Twenty Two is on the cards. Um, according to the leak, ex NBA pro Dirk. Now, Itsky is one of the cover stars. Interesting. You heard it here first. Or you read it on Eurogamer on Friday. Uh, Codename Daffodil is a Borderlands spin-off featuring Tiny Tina. With a final name that may be, maybe Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Um, and then Codename Coda is said to be a new Marvel-themed XCOM-style turn-based game from Fire Axis. That sounds right up your alley. Well, let's see, won't we? And finally, Codename Vault is a new action game early in, de- early in development described as Cthulhu meets Saints Row. That's an elevator pitch, isn't it? It is, it is, it is, it is. Sorry for the spoilers if you were listening to this. Excited. No point watching it on Monday the 14th of June. <laughs> uh, unless you want to see pictures as well. But why would you? Why would you? Why would you? Um, if you've got any more comments or speculation about what might be happening um, in E3, then uh, maybe you can feature in the next section by emailing team at onelifelaugh.com. Shall we crack on with the letters? Email, messages, and forward BCC. One Life Letters. So I know we've got one letter this week. Do we have more? No, that's the only one I've seen. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's been quite quiet on the uh, the old Discord mailbag front this week. So, uh, yeah, please do, as you know, the last few weeks, drop in, join the Discord, and uh, if you... Oh, wait! <laughs> Literally, having said that, the, uh, the old mailbag folder is lit up on the Discord <laughs> with a message from Zubair. Uh, dropped in 17 minutes past seven. Um, so let's begin with that, shall we? Dear team, bedtime for the little one again. I'm doing this on Discord to beat the spam filter. Very clever. I really find it anxiety inducing using this platform. What's the noisiest game you've experienced? Something that gives you paralysis for its overwhelming potential. Love the show, Zubat. Noisiest. Is he using that as like slang that we don't understand? Oh, mate, that game is so noisy. Yeah. Or does he mean noisy? I'll be honest with you, Steve. I feel entirely out of my depth here. Can you? You're usually very good at this sort of thing. Can you just say something and then I'll move on to (laughs) Wells's letter? The noisiest game. Oh, I've got it. Noisiest game, mate, is uh, Thumper. That game is so noisy. Like, when it came out... In fact, when I saw screenshots of it, I was like... That game is... Noisy. And I wasn't wrong. Played it for the first time. Noisy. Totally noisy. (laughs) I don't think anyone will notice, Steve. I think you're (laughs) bullying me. Robert Wells, thank you for your letter. Uh, Zubair. Robert Wells writes, Hello team, I had a quick skim of this year's Times Rich List. 
Have you ever done that, Steve? Do you just skim the rich list? I've never <laughs> Robert Wells waking up. He's having his papers delivered to him on a Sunday morning. I just skim the rich list. Did I? Did I make it this year? Creeping, exactly. creeping at number ninety-eight. I've uh, never he, had cause to skim the rich list. No. Wow, well, it's a good job. No, I haven't. Uh, but but Robert's there. He's got our back, and he says that the first mention of games is at position number thirty-two. Igor and Dmitri Bukman. Bukman. Um, they've been making games since 2001 and their company, Playrix, is valued at at least £7 billion. So my question is, who are they and why haven't I heard of them before? Also, who would you expect to be Britain's richest game company? Pip, pip, Robert. Well, Robert, I saw this e uh, this email before the show and I did some research. On these well done, games. Simon. Wow. Fantastic. My researcher said, I look, I typed it into Wikipedia. And, um... Steve, before I say what I'm going to say, have you done any research on this story? Zero research. Okay. I'm going to give you £10 for every game <laughs> of theirs that you can mention, that you can recall or you can name. Then Ten I pounds. Will... <laughs> there are one, two, three, four, five, six. This could be worth £60 to you. <laughs> Your money is safe, Simon. I, I do not know this company or I believe I don't know the games that they've made. What's the name of the company again? Playrix. Well, what is the name of the company, actually? Because um, play, it's uh, their entry in Wikipedia under Playrix is Playrix Holding Limited, also known as Playrix Entertainment and Playrix Games. Mm. Okay, they are famous for Fishdom in 2008, Township in 2012, Gardenscapes in 2016, Homescapes in 2017, Wildscapes in 2019, and Mana Matters in 2019. Um, so that's, you know, that's got them where their money is. Also, though, there is a section on criticism in Wikipedia. Never good if you've got a heading <laughs> criticism in Wikipedia. Uh, Playrix has been criticised. You, you, sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. Just on Wikipedia etiquette, whenever I go to the page of anyone, immediately look at the, the headers like you do, look for that criticism thing. But obviously, straight away, click on the personal life. <laughs> right? Am I, is that weird from, that I do that? Uh, I only go on Wikipedia to research Robert Wells' letters. <laughs> um, so, right. Uh, but yeah, criticism. Um, it's been criticised for its use of deceptive or false advertisements on mobile advertisement platform, platforms such as AdMob. Advertisements for many of their games, like Fishdom, Gardenscapes, Homescapes, displayed a gameplay that does not represent the actual gameplay of the product in question. For example... Homescapes ad um, adverts represent the gameplay as repairing a home by selecting the correct tool. While in reality, it is, of course, that was my addition, a match three game. It's probably uh, one of those merge games, isn't it? Um, I mean, when I say probably, it's unlikely to be because Wikipedia has just declared it to be a match three game. So, so it's probably not. Um, it's probably a match three game. Yeah, I, that's a that's a trend on specifically in social media site adverts for mobile games. Uh, it's a trend we talked about on the show before. That sometimes you are fooled into downloading games based on the premise uh, of an advert. The, the famous one is that puzzle one which shows you removing pins from a, a maze and 
you know, can you save the princess or save the knight? When you download that, it is it is just another merge city game. Um, and the number of people they annoy with those is far fewer than the number of people they accidentally get to download it and find they are addicted to a game that they never realised uh, they would fall for in the first place. So, well, it's clearly a technique that works, given... The dude is where? Where are they? Where's the company? In in thirty six, I think it was thirty six. Was it? My words. So thirty two. Sorry, question thirty two. How? Who do you think's the? Uh, well, it should who be. Who would you Lord, expect? Well, wealth. Well, I'm surprised that it's not Dennis. Hmm. Unless he's not considered games anymore. Well, he probably isn't considered games, is he? Uh, he's. He's, uh, yeah, but you would think any bio might mention him as a games alumni. Mm. He's now, yeah, so Demis is the person who, who's, is it, it's not, um, it's not going to be a legal issue to describe Demis's AI as a potential threat to humanity, is it? If it's broadcast, if this makes it into the show... Mm. Um, then that just means that I won't have paid close attention to the editing this year because uh, I, I, <laughs> so this week. Um, no, no Demis. Well, uh, De- Demis. We, sorry, Demis is a lovely like... person who we have both met and spent time with, and uh, and the work he's doing at DeepMind is incredible. Working for Google on AI stuff, he's created minds, Simon, whereas we have only destroyed them. <laughs> Uh, and that makes him a better person than either of us, and a richer person, <laughs> as, as one assumes is evidenced by his presence in this sort of list. Uh, who would you say, you know, should be up there by order of the fact of what they've contributed to the games industry? Bithel. Bithel, top, obviously, yeah, rich. number one, right number up there, one in the rich list, or. As I commonly refer to him, One Life Left alumni, <laughs> Mike Bithell. Uh Yeah, no, Bithell. Bithell should be up there. I, you know who I like? I like uh, David Braben. Okay, for, good. Because, you know, like, dude has committed to the industry and he has not just, uh, you know, not just come from elite uh, but he's formed a company around Elite Frontier Developments who have kicked out lots of different types of good games over the last, you know, uh, nearly 40 years now uh, he's been at it. But also Continued Elite, which is my favourite game growing up. And apparently the 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 new, uh, the new plug, uh, what do you call it, DLC for that is great. I haven't had an opportunity to play it still. But yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I, I really have a soft spot for him. See your eyes turn into hearts there, Steve. I didn't know this. We've never had him on the show. No. Um let's rectify that. Oh, let's say we're gonna rectify that. Yeah, let's that. definitely say that. Let's, yeah. let's let's say we're gonna do something about that. Uh, on an open ended time frame. <laughs> uh, Good. Cool. That's it, I think, for the letters section. Thank you for all your letters this week. Uh, as I said, you can drop them on the Discord, the link to the Discord is in the show notes as always or you can write to team at onelifeleft.com
This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, also a podcast available at www.onelifeleft.com. We're broadcasting from our houses still, Simon from his shed at the bottom of the garden in Hitchin, and me from uh, my front room in uh, South London. You can hear the sounds of traffic. You might be able to also hear my daughter crying in the background. Can you hear that, Simon? I can't hear that, Steve. You're you're all right. No one's going to do you for neglect because we can't hear her. It's only an hour. I'm just doing the radio show. Exactly. She'll be fine. Play with She'll these matches. Is there any other business we've got to deal with this week before the review section? Uh, not from my end. Have you seen the uh, Palestinian charity bundle on itch.io? We should we should call that out, Steve. Uh, it looks well. I don't need to say it looks. It is excellent. There are I think a thousand and twenty games in there uh, for the incredibly low price of $5 if that's what you choose to pay. Uh, I paid $20 for it and felt like I'd ripped them off, frankly. Uh, it's All right, then. Incred- you, should be, you should be on the rich list, should you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I can expense it, mate. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's games and charity. Can't lose. Um, it's it's fantastic. I've already played some of the uh, games in it. I mean, I played them before the bundle. Some brilliant, brilliant games in it. Good Snowman is hard to build. Uh, is in there. Uh, some of uh, the Catamite stuff. Love his work. Uh, the game that leads it, which is called Lilia and I can't remember Lilia and something, uh, is is fantastic as well. And I played some random stuff today, and all of the things that I played, I got five dollars value out of each of them and i've got about another thousand to play so um yeah please 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 go to itch.io it will be on the front page there for the next few days i think you'll only have by the time this goes out on resonance you'll probably have another five days by the time it's podcast maybe three days to get on that so get on that immediately uh simon you will certainly find something to love in there as well i am sure well uh, I was having a sniff around it earlier today, actually, because um, mm. obviously it's a cause that we should be supporting. Uh, but I was also interested in what we would be getting, because I'll be honest with you, out of the um, the uh, last year's uh, massive charity bundle, um, I don't think I've played any, um, but they are in my library. I understand that itch makes it uh, more obvious for, for you to know what you've got at the moment. But there was one game uh, in there. Uh, is it called Luck Be a Landlord? Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I noticed, Steve, you'd also been playing on Steam when I looked up. I looked it up on the Steam page. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because I was sort of working on a game like that, and then that came out, and I thought, well, I won't bother anymore. Then I got slightly annoyed at it. Uh, yeah, that's in there. Uh, have you played it yet? No, not not yet. No, I will. I will grab the bundle and I will play it because. It does. It does look like a good idea for a game, Steve. You <laughs> should you. have done something like that. Thank you. Um, I've got. I've actually got a list. I made a list of uh, the games that I've already played in there and think are brilliant for, uh, so I could recommend it to uh, to Discord, and uh, just a few of those to call them out now because I was struggling to think of them a second ago on the spot. Uh, as I said, a good so man is hard to build is in there. Letter V six times is in there. Circa Infinity, Wheels of Aurelia, Nuclear Throne, Mini Metro, Moon Hunters, Leave Omer, The Majesty of Colors, Future Unfolding, brilliant, brilliant game which I definitely talked about on the show uh, a couple of years ago. Mortician's Tale, uh, Gunhouse, 
Fugal, Depana, Nocturne. Again, I talked about that on the show, I think, last year. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant experience. Minutes, Framed Collection, Stillness of the Wind, uh, Shattered Planet, 10 Beautiful Postcards, Glitter Mitten Grove. Absolutely exceptional experience. Everyone should play that. $5 ridiculous bargain for that. Landlord of the Woods, which I've talked about recently. And Video Hole, Episode 1, which uh, I mentioned on the show again a few weeks ago. All of those things in there and more. So please, please, please download that, uh, you know, uh, and donate to charity at the same time. Will do. Um, Should we crack on with the more in-depth look at some games? Let's do that. It's the reviews. Simon, what have you been playing this week? Well, Steve, I've been playing a couple of games this week. Uh, The first thing I was pleased to tick off is that I completed Resident Evil Village. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, the question is, did I complete it? (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I did, and you can tell me whether uh, you feel that I have... Uh, the achievement of completing it. So Dexter um, came over a few weeks ago um, and absolutely rinsed it in, in a weekend, okay? He'd never okay. played a Resident Evil game before. I mean, come on, he's 12. So... <laughs> 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 um, and uh, yeah, he thoroughly enjoyed it, right? Um, he'd never played one before. Now, he was I, I did notice when I went into his room that he was... Um, uh, he was playing it with, um, he was Googling some of the solutions to some of the puzzles and, uh, you know, I don't begrudge him that. But anyway, he finished it. Uh, we were playing on uh, on Steam um, and it's got cloud saves. And so uh, he finished it and then it comes up with an option of something that you can do to sort of then enable some other stuff. Now, um, I noticed that then when I went, I was, so I was playing it at, at, you know, much more uh, slowly. I noticed when I was having a poke around the options as I went to continue my game that there was an option to... uh, Now, I was already playing it on casual. I'd already knocked it down to casual. And I, you know, so I enjoy the Resident Evil games, but this idea of, oh, you pick up a handful of bullets here and there, and then if it takes me three shots to kill a zombie, and I know it could have been done in one, I get, like, it really, really bothers me. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, should I reload? And then, you know, thankfully the games themselves are not as, because the original Resident Evil, you had to use up an ink ribbon in order to save the game. So you couldn't overwrite like candies. Anyway, so I knocked it down to casual, which made the enemies easier and the ammo more plentiful. And then as I went to continue the game after Dex had finished it, so I'm not sure if these two things are related, but there was an option in there, possibly unlocked by Dexter completing it, uh, to give yourself infinite shotgun ammo. Okay. I thought I'd have some of that. So, the enemies were really easy and I had infinite shotgun ammo. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's true to say that I didn't die at any point going through the rest of the game. <laughs> I, did all, I did all the bosses first time. They, fe- But they felt like a challenge and I was definitely spooked a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, I was also able to, um, you know, uh, put aside that idea of firing something off and then worrying about wasting ammo. Uh, I, I genuinely feel like I enjoyed the game so much more than I would have done had I played it by their so-called rules. Um, I think you. I, I think you're right there. I think you've, Simon. I think you've hit the nail on the head, which I would expect from you, given your wealth of experience. Um, the 
what you're saying is you fixed the game by making the casual mode what it should have been. If casual mode had said, this gives you infinite shotgun ammo, you'd be like, that's exactly what I want from this game. As it is, there's effectively what amounts to a bug in that game that it's not offering you that out of the box. And, you know, well done to you for discovering a workaround for um, their, you know, slight incompetence. I did, um, yeah, I mean, I felt, I felt a bit, you know, noobish about it all. But I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Um, you know, I think that the best end of level boss is one that you defeat on the first go with a sliver of health left. And that's what all games should do behind the scenes. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was brilliant. I, I mean, it was bonkers, crazy. It definitely tails off towards the end. Beautiful, beautiful game. A uh, beautiful looking game. Really, really horrible in places and spooky. And even with, you know, um, enemies not doing too much damage and infinite ammo, I was definitely... I was definitely jumpy at certain moments and all and uh, yeah great thoroughly enjoyed it uh, 7 out of 10 okay um, I've been playing something which ties in quite nicely with your review just there I've been playing Sludge Life tell us about Sludge Life so what do you know about it nothing nothing at all I didn't no. know anything about it at all either it came up on I think the Steam trailers in 6 seconds thing I thought that looks interesting and weird I'll have some of that, and I went on Steam, grabbed it, and then pretty soon I was playing it. I've been looking for a game uh, to play for a while. I've not been able to find something that's really stuck with me. A lot of games that I've sort of liked a, a bit of and then dropped out of. Uh, I just wanted something that I would enjoy. Played it and thought, yeah, this is okay. Uh, it's a first-person, grimy, uh, exploring exploratory based game uh, you I'm gonna sort of talk you through my experience like not knowing anything about it so you start in a, a small confined environment you break out of that suddenly you're in a bigger world it's all kind of muted and again grimy sludgy colors with some uh, brighter marks of graffiti around the world pretty soon you come across a, uh, a wall and it encourages you to spray on it and yeah you spray your tag on there and then you can wander around freely and I was like yeah sort of enjoy this it's kind of nice atmospherically it's good the dialogue is all great the sound is amazing it's 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 super super interesting um rich world I was like yeah this is one of those games that I'm gonna play uh for maybe 30 minutes and enjoy and then drop out of and think I wish this game was 30 minutes long that's not what happened I kept playing it and I kept playing it because the world was so so interesting and I suddenly started to understand more about what the game is initially I just thought it would be a wander around uh, thing where I talk to characters solve small puzzles uh, maybe bring objects from one location to another unlock another bit of the thing and then complete it get some narrative resolution but actually it's not that game what it is is Jet Set Radio Future without the skating um, did you play Jet Set Radio Future back in the day? I, no, I didn't. You don't remember it. So Jet Set Radio, a uh, brilliant, brilliant sort of uh, uh, skating game, slightly annoying to control and really not as fun as you remember it being. Jet Set Radio Future, much more about seeing a place to paint uh, and then working out how to get there. So you see a location in the world and you think, how am I going to grind my um, inline skates up to that location and uh, spray paint? And that's this, except for instead of 
the uh, inline skating, you have not parkour, but just platforming, very, very tight, just working out how you're going to grab onto that ledge and get up there. That makes it sound quite involved. Actually, I didn't realise it was that game until later in it. I was just kind of doing that and then thought, wait, my mental process here is exactly the same as Jet Set Radio Future. I'm looking at a location, working out how to get there. And you're doing all of that in kind of what amounts to kind of captivating world. What's super interesting about it is it verges on the kind of gross-out stuff that really turns me off in-game. When you find a toilet, you start weeing in it. There are cats with buttholes, indeed cats with two buttholes in it. There's some quite, what amounts to what you'd think would be puerile humour, but in this world it works, and everything in this world works. And the sound is brilliant. The soundtrack is so, so good. I looked up who'd made this game um, afterwards, and... (laughs) Uh, it's the product of two people. Unfortunately, I've forgotten the name of uh, of one of them, but Dose One is uh, responsible for the music and the audio, and I think some of the art as well. Um, now, do you know who Dose One is? I don't, Steve. Dose One is, uh, is a rapper and artist who I've loved for a long, long time. He's on one of my favourite uh, albums of all time, Cold House by Hood, but also as part of Cloud Dead, he's, he's released brilliant, brilliant records, and now he's heavily involved in the indie scene you'll find a lot of indie games with his work on it and i actually met him once simon what at the marioki the very first marioki we did at gdc he was there wow i started chatting to him but then i was like i have to go i have to write a marioki song for our so i never really got to talk to him but then i sort of did because you invented marioki and that brought me closer to this guy i mentioned how much i love sludge life on twitter this week he favorited the tweet. Oh, watch out, David Braben. <laughs> so all these lines are converging again, and it's because of this game. Um, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I absolutely love it. And I think if you go to the Steam page and you look at that game and you think that you'll like it, you absolutely will. And if any of the reference points that I've mentioned today um, are your sort of thing, you'll definitely love it. It's so well put together and there's so much to discover that I haven't mentioned. Seven out of ten. I just want to quickly cover off the magnificent truffle pigs, which I started as a, cla- a palate cleanser from Resident Evil. It's the opposite of that, where you're going through castles uh, with you know horrific werewolves. This is a gentle stroll in uh, British countryside, um, metal detecting uh, from the lead designer. I think it was um, of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Um, it's I understand it's a short game. Um, I, I'm I'm only an hour or so into it, but I, honestly, it was the best thing to move to after the horrors of Resident <laughs> Evil, and I just it's just something really really delightful in um, doing zigzagging through fields while there's this discourse going on between you and Beth, um, and uh, trying to uncover exactly what's behind the narrative, which I'm looking forward to doing. Uh, thoroughly recommended, um, only even in its early stages. Uh, seven out of ten. Fantastic. Good. That's it. All done, I think. Let's go. Well done, Simon. All right, uh, we've been One Life Left Radio Show about video games. We will probably be back next week, but maybe not. If not, see you in two weeks. Thank you to Resonance FM for hosting us. Thank you to you for listening to us. See you later. That's it. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.